Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John, and welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right, and to avoid lazy negativity, we've decided to make this episode a drinking game. That means that anytime we say anything negative at all about this movie, about each other, you're going to hear this sound. That sound means that we are taking a drink, and we really hope you drink along with us and have some fun talking about movies. So, pour yourselves a glass, ready your shots, gents. We're going to talk about a movie that asks the question, did the strike in Paris include the police? Good question. <laughs> That's really funny. That's one thing that I thought of immediately after the movie is I thought, I don't know if I saw a single law enforcement officer this entire yeah. <laughs> Actually, I rewatched all four of these this week because the first three are available on Peacock or if you're a fucking badass like our friend Dave over here, you buy them outright. Which is great. John and I were waiting for the full box set. But, well, I, you know. I had to I had to buy them because my wife loves them as well. Because she actually uh, she came out to the theater for this one. Ah, nice. You see it on a mm. Friday afternoon. It's just gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, Lincoln yeah Square. A, Lincoln Square. A, no, this was uh, Times Square, Times and Square. it'll probably be the last time I go to fucking Times Square. I can tell you that. Gee, Dave, I haven't I heard think any I've of heard your... that sentence <laughs> in your mouth heard... before. I haven't heard, <laughs> dude. The... Okay, this is not a gripe. I just needed to get this out right now. But uh, the couple no, next it. to me, I knew they were going to tr- be trouble when they brought in a fucking feast, and half the stuff was sitting on the armchair, like because we we're in the recliners. Yeah. We were oh yeah, the half the stuff sitting on my armchair, and so I come in and I sat down. Next thing I know, they're up climbing in between the seats to find the thing to plug in their phone. Mm-hmm. The fucking woman next to me took a fucking FaceTime call during the movie. And then oh, every God. single fucking thought that went through their head came out their mouths. Conversations back and forwards, back and forwards, back and forwards. And it's like, you know, you don't want to you don't want to challenge these people because they'll get like super dramatic in the theater and then you know, you're disturbing the movie as well for everyone, you not just just like but it was just fuck off. Don't do that shit. Yeah. Sit there, yeah, shut up and watch the movie. Do. Fuck your phone. You're not meant to be on it anyway. Kids of the theaters that's for you oh you yeah. motherfuckers in the theater you answering FaceTime oh they were in like I would say late 20s maybe Ugh. even early 30s damn it it's like their fucking mothers didn't raise them right or something it was yeah yeah Got my it. gripe will will contain some of that as well cannot wait also <laughs> you know for, for that unsanctioned uh, rant <laughs> yeah Dave buzzing yourself Dave. for being negative for all of the right reasons okay people we're going to be talking about John Wick 4, which we all saw in the theater. John, did you see large format? Did you see IMAX or Dolby? Dolby, yeah. Nice. So we all saw this in large <laughs> format. So um, if you're watching this at home later with a different format, I bet you it's still going to be awesome. But this is a two-hour and 49-minute epic where they very shamelessly say, this is our Lawrence of Arabia. This is our David Lean by opening with as close to... I mean, they have a lot of tipping of the caps. It wasn't even a John Wick movie for the first 10 minutes. It was something no. else entirely. It was and such a fun... <laughs> They shot that in Jordan, where they shot Lawrence of Arabia sure. and parts of Dune. Like they like very true, authentic homages to that shit. Um, so we are going to be talking about John Wick Four. If you're new to the podcast, we try to keep it spoiler free for a couple minutes. This movie, there are some spoilers, but for the most part, a lot of people die at the hands of John Wick. 
you know, this is just how it's going to be. But we will try to keep it spoiler free with our initial takeaways. What did we think? What did we feel without getting into the nitty gritty kind of stuff? Um, at the end of the episode, we'll give you a recommendation to the week, what you've been watching. We're going to get through some gripes here right off the bat and just catch up a little bit. So if you need to get to your review, if it's like, oh, the movie's going to start in 20 minutes and you just want to know, does it suck or not? Skip ahead like 10 minutes or so. But before, really quick, the last thing I want to say before we get into our gripes here is just a quick question. It has nothing to do with A.O. Scott leaving the New York Times and all that stuff, which maybe we can talk about at the very end of the podcast. But so Shazam had a terrible second week at the box office. It made $9 million Mm -hmm. in its second week. It only made 30 in its first week. So that's really bad. It's a really bad sign for money. Maybe maybe deep down inside, John, and I think it's a good sign, but... uh... (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, I buzzed John anyway. Because <laughs> you knew yours was but, coming. <laughs> but I was thinking this because we got the trailer for Dungeons and Dragons, which comes out next week, and it's like available in IMAX. And so Shazam was last week. It was in IMAX and Dolby at AMC. It immediately got bumped this week, which certainly didn't help its numbers. Not that you know, yeah. It could, See, not that it could thing. do miracles. Shazam was formatted for IMAX. It wasn't even filmed in anything close for IMAX. So. Now we've got filmed in IMAX, filmed for IMAX, and formatted for IMAX. You've got three of them now. Ugh. Only one of them well, is actual IMAX. Well, the other one is char- a money grab. They all charge full price regardless. And then next week you have Dungeons & Dragons, which I imagine is going to bump John Wick. So I doubt theaters can just build new IMAX or Dolby theaters, but mm-hmm. this is the way the world is heading. And this is part of the AO Scott review, which again, we'll get to later, but it's like... Hmm. movies are turning into theme parks scorsese said it we've all said it well before martin scorsese said it but how how can you do what if two movies are going to end up coming out on the same weekend i'm sure that's already happened guys no, what, they do, keep what do we do them around they shift them around but even still they, one week's not enough you know like what, what mean, if you were busy this week it is well for just <laughs> <give me> some <laughs> IMAX. <laughs> so if i'm busy for one week i can't see my favorite movie shazam 2 in imax <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like that's happened to me a couple times for sure where i did miss the window like the one week window it's almost like the new version of a theatrical release yeah like it's more about like you know you're really trying to just catch it so that you can take advantage of your a-list with or your whatever your subscriber-based uh deal is with regal or amc or the major theater near you and see it on that big format i don't know man this this is everything is it's a weird place right now. Weird place. Yeah, I, but we all had a great time in this movie, I'm sure. Yeah, I do worry that they're going to knock down four theaters or even they can't do the basement because it's not tall enough at AMC. But what if they just took out the four, like the basement theaters that play only art house movies and they just built a new IMAX theater? Anyway, um, <laughs> it won't be as big as the Lincoln Square upstairs. But anyway, I guess that doesn't matter too much. Any other news that you guys want to talk about, relevant or not, before we uh, get into our gripes? And I just want to show our- I just want to shout out, um, I was holding off to watch the trailer until I saw it in person. Um, my brother-in-law, Jack Doolin, is one of the uh, supporting stars in the upcoming film, Sisu. Uh, mm. Finished, Shit. and I got that played before my John Wick. So one I don't know two. if you guys got there in time to see it. I did not it, get but, there in time, yeah. but that's so it's cool. Another, Therese, it's, uh, Therese turned to me and she was like, yeah, I'm down for that one what nice (laughs) so that's jack's voice throughout the whole thing he's the one doing the voiceover talking about the guy he doesn't doesn't sound half as drunk as i remember him Mm. yeah sure he's got the german (laughs) accent um it's another lion's gate so that's why it's before john wick i think it's coming out the last weekend of april super super excited about that directed by let me not fuck this this guy's name up jalmari helander 
Finnish director, I believe. Uh, it's getting really he great. He still fucked gory, that up. I don't know. We don't have a benchmark. <laughs> Wait, I have no idea either. Is this the one he sent us the trailer excited. for a while ago? Yeah, man. Yeah. With, yeah. with the guy that, like, the one guy during wartime who's like a, a yeah. was he a yeah. botanist and a killer or something? What's his job? What does he do? I mean, you should watch he's, the trailer, yeah. but basically we he's, saw a, he's an ex-soldier and he finds gold on his own on his way back from war in oh, World War II. Cool. And then these Nazis try to take it from him and he just fucking kills everybody. Oh. It's just going to be a gory, fun, ridiculous mess. I mean, when I'm doing a road trip, to I often, Mad Max. Yeah, when I'm doing yeah. a road trip, I often pull off to the side and just pan for gold somewhere. Yeah, why not? Sure. Yeah, um, I sure. think yeah. we need to get Jack on this podcast before he gets a publicist who will um, stop very astutely <laughs> stop yeah. him from doing yeah. it. It's, it's, it's like, yeah, no, you don't want to go on that show. It'll do what John the Majors is doing to his career at the moment. Oh fuck, Dave! Dude, just that drink, shit. drink, drink, Dave. What is Jonathan Majors doing now? What happened? This has been uh, he's arrested down in New York City for uh, beating no. up a woman. Yeah. Jonathan now, Majors? Yeah. Um, there's a whole heap of stuff. Like it came out this morning. This I think this happened last night, and the internet immediately went fucking asshole and jumped yeah. on the bandwagon. Why, why wouldn't it's now, it's now come out that she might have recanted a statement? Nobody. I I don't know what's going on. I hope, like. He, this isn't him because if this is him that's a really bad taste in your mouth <sighs> sure yeah all right like, well we'll have to wait and I'm see gonna, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do the smart thing uh and wait and see smart <laughs> smart so smart also yeah. gwyneth paltrow might be innocent too so you gotta you gotta be patient people you gotta be patient <laughs> yeah. all right what does she do Ran someone skiing down skiing into this. yeah but it also might have been him running into her and then not realizing it was her and then after he realized it was her he decided to sue her because she's wealthy like it's all this stuff because she never took her helmet off so he didn't know it was her at first so he apologized said i'm so sorry and then afterwards decided oh well also, anyway it doesn't matter none of this matters. televised court Parties. hearing as well too sure 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 it's yeah. very want to get into right, just, let's, just get, it let's gripe it out so we could talk about this fucking right. movie all right dave I already stuck mine in, so uh, was that your I'll was that your that was your gripe and that your non-gripe? I, mean, I think it should be. I think it should be. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. John, hit me. I'll continue. Gripe timer going. I'll continue with Dave's rant. This was a shocking screening that I just went to. I saw it mm. the eleven fifteen a.m. screening uh-huh. uh, at our Dolby. So you know, I don't know what I was expecting. I was not expecting a lot of families with small children. Oh, oh my god <laughs> some of what showed up welcome to therapy like kids small kids like ages four to to ten like multiple families one of which sat right beside us and they were just so rude the parents and grandparents and whoever else was there was just like it was just such an obvious example of like this is how fucking uncivilized trashy animals turn into those cunts that sat next to you dave as adults talking yeah. on their phone plugging in shit these kids were moving all over the place they were on their phones the whole time big fucking surprise they had a feast of food you know stinky pretzels and cheese dips and all the things that you really you probably shouldn't be eating in fucking so movie theaters they that, had too much disposable income <laughs> I guess so, dude. But also, like, I don't know. Again, I don't know if y'all saw the trailers, but they were very disturbing. Oh, sure. They were very disturbing horror movie trailers yeah. before this. Not to mention yeah. the violence. And there's not like lots of profanity, but there's ter- certainly plenty of very intense, consequential violence in John Wick. That kind of just made me think, like, what the hell is happening to America when, like, this isn't like some trashy couple bringing their baby that they couldn't get a babysitter for. That sucks in a different way. This is like these families were like intentionally bringing six-year-olds to see R-rated movies. Oh no, I thought it was fucking weird. Yeah, Th- and the movies- person out the front that's getting fourteen dollars an hour is not going to police that. They're like, 
you know what? I don't want you shouting at me. <laughs> also, in you go. Can I say this? Yeah. Watching like gun culture in this society, I don't want to get in an argument with anybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like straight yeah. up. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll tell you the creepiest experience I've ever had with a family at the movies was The Dark Knight. Because there is nothing creepier than Heath Ledger up there doing his thing, and there's a five year old girl four seats up just singing in a little five year old girl voice Ooh. in the dark. It, it was creepy as fuck. Jesus. That is yeah. fucking. That's yeah. that, that's gonna be that, yeah. the next Smile Two is gonna be doing that. They're gonna be going to the theaters and having little oh my kids. God, sing yeah, I can't believe they're making Smile Two of that. <laughs> I found another um, trailer I can't watch as well. Um, the fucking Boogeyman, the Stephen King Boogeyman, eyes off the screen, man. I'm staring at my popcorn. I can't watch it. And the trailer, oh. yeah, scared the oh, shit out of me twice. Trailer. It's all a great right. trailer. About the Evil Dead Rising, the... I can watch that no problem at all. But that fucking thing under the bed when it rolls around, sure, yeah. <laughs> What about I'm the? Uh, I'm done. Pretty good. Yep. Pretty good. What about the uh, the new Dracula movie with Nicholas Cage? Renfield. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch that? I like or the what? old okay. trailer better than the new one. Yeah, they got to mix it up, you know. I guess there's going to be a lot more Nick Cage in the movie than I thought the first trailer alluded to. I thought he would just be a tiny pop up every now and then, but I think he's all over it. It looks like from the second trailer. Mm, I don't know. You might have seen all of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nowadays. All right, let's go. Why do I keep getting carrots? Could somebody explain this to me? Carrots are the worst fucking food that we've ever gotten. They're made for rabbits where and poor people that used to live in the woods and stews. I don't understand why we do this to ourselves. I've never gotten food more in my life that I immediately threw out a month later after not eating than these carrots. They come with everything now. I mean, they, they literally, okay, if, if you're making a, a rabbit stew or a pheasant stew, you know, because you live out in the sticks, you're like fucking Katniss out there. Sure, go ahead, get some rabbits, I, I, get, some, get, some, get some carrots, I guess it's fine, but these are not the good they have no flavor they're so crunchy we put them on salads so we have like lush greens and stuff and then these fucking crunchy ass carrots that suck balls they it, it tastes like a like a hardened like paste like it's like a water like paste that like hardened that's just orange and i, I know you can roast them and it's okay i know they're healthy and they got the lutein don't you talk to me about the fucking lutein and why do they come with wings so wings are a little spicy so it's like here you go i know that you know that delicious beautiful mwah, even the cauliflower the wings, wings john's a vegetarian go ahead but here you go why don't we go ahead and wash that down mm. with paste so it'll just completely eliminate any decent flavor from your mouth that sounds like a fucking terrible fucking plan like carrots, fucking man. carrots you gotta dip them in I peanut like, butter like dude. Carrots. Come on, no. good. well yeah because then the peanut butter tastes good or if you dip it in hummus you know what's really good just hummus i don't need the carrot you can have a chip with hummus or just eat the hummus i don't need the carrot the carrot is the vessel for the hummus uh the hummus, yeah, hummus is not a vessel for the carrot martin yeah. short from only murders <laughs> Only Murders is filming near my building and I'm yeah. so pissed that I keep missing it. A student of mine was like, hey, I saw Selena Gomez in a wedding dress before the news reports came out. Do you prefer carrots or celery? Let's see, carrots or so, so, so green water that's stringy or an orange <laughs> yeah. soluble paste. Celery is negative um, carrots. I'm not fucking eating those. Celery is Come negative on. carrots. Ne negative calories. <laughs> yeah, I've heard the rumors about that too. Yeah, there's a lot of great fiber in there. They're great yeah, in stews, guys. They're great in stews. Eating on its right. own? Come on. All right, we've blown 15 minutes of this show. Let's get into it. <laughs> John Wick 4, which does not have a subtitle. It's just John Wick Chapter 4. No Parabellum, none of that other kind of shit. They ran out of cool words. Did anybody else do a rewatch recently? I, I, I literally watched all three of these in the past week because they're on I Peacock. I watched the second one. Oh. Yeah. What do you, you like? This, what do you think of the second one? You like it? Yeah, man. What's yeah, your dude. going I mean, into I was this? Glad. Remember, we uh, where did this end up uh, landing in our Corona franchise face off? I think it would be higher. This was high. No, it, it was it was there. 
It made it through the first round. It was round. there legitimately. Yeah, there was the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. Remember the whole thing of John Wick versus Toy Story where I refused to vote? Spoiler alert. <laughs> and we ended up giving it to Toy Story, but under fucking duress. Under, there's sure, no sure, way I'm doing sure. that again. Yeah. To rebuild the whole fucking bracket, dude. Oh, because no, we I like... I love these movies, dude. Oh, my God. They're so I mean, much fun. John Wick versus Toy Story. Yeah. The franchise face-off was fun, people. So, it it so got good. nuts. It got nuts. I Go wasn't watching all three before going back to, to this one. Um, well... Uh, Peacock actually they're only 60 second commercials so I know there's commercials it is a little weird to like watch John Wick like kill someone with a pencil and then immediately cut to like a commercial about cataracts but um, but yeah. you know all things considered it's it was it, it, took the, it didn't take the piss out of it too much it was totally great I love rewatching this and you know what I, I, I have a feeling they place their ads so well too it's like yeah someone asked me if I'm back yeah I'm guessing I'm hemorrhoid cream. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right into it. Yeah. Yeah, placements are weird. Um, would you guys all agree your your order is one, then two, then three, if you were to rank the first three? Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad because I love the third movie. I actually really like the third movie. I don't know if I love the narrative thing of being like, it's all about the table. The second movie is like the table. I want to see to the table family. I got to kill my sister because mm -hmm. the seat of the table. Oh, you killed my sister. Then I have to kill you because you killed my sister. And that actually hit actually came from the table, the table, the table. And then instead of seeing the table, we're like, oh, there's actually somebody above the table. So that alone is the reason it's number three for me. But I love the third one. I think the third one's really fun. I, I, for me, the third one started to feel a little bit video gamey by the end of it. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I think I think the reason John Wick was so successful initially is because is because it did have an emotional core that some thought people thought kind of funny, but it still grounded yeah. to John in some like very personal emotional vengeance. Nothing will and, ever uh, top the look I in that guy's face. Away from that one. Nothing will ever top the look in that guy's face when he finds out what that what his kid did. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, yeah, yeah fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that was a fun opening to two when he's talking about his getting his car back and he and he calls him the Russian. Oh yeah. And the Russian's like describing John Wick again. It's just it's just great. I miss how, John Wick. Talk about John Wick, how they greet John Wick, how everybody, every yeah. scene is like everyone has some fun way they greet him when they see him. It's just such a big deal. Anyway. Well, I love that in the third one when you get those stunties that are like, it's such a pleasure to meet you and work with you. <laughs> and they're like about to try to kill each other. Um, I miss John Wick. Like, I, I miss the people that were close to John Wick. But, you know, it is cool that the quote unquote people who are close to, close to him in the fourth movie all have a slightly tenuous relationship with him for various reasons, shooting them off a roof or whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah. we'll get into this. I just want to know though, has John Wick ever taken a day and just like read a book? You know what I mean? What does he look like when he like does his taxes? He, well, what does his what does his accountant say when they're like filing? Like, okay, so you have a house that's worth what four million dollars yeah. in New Jersey or whatever yeah. that is. Uh, where did that money these come five from? Five or six days. Yes. I'm curious. Does about H and R Block take gold coins? <laughs> Yo, <laughs> how is, this is the Harry Potter thing. Harry Potter's parents left their infant child with a fortune. I don't know a single young parent that has that kind of money. Not a single yeah, one. Even it, the fucking Kushners didn't start their family with that kind of money. Where did John Wick? He, how did he it, get all of these coins and just hoard them? He's hoarding more coin than he is. W nine say he killed people. I know he killed people. What? That's a fucking lot of people, and and he didn't spend it. Even that house didn't cost that much. He still has money to spend. Anyway, people, we're talking the about number one assassin in the world, dude. I believe it. I believe yeah, it. he's the. Uh, How many people have you killed, John? A lot. A lot. Yeah. What's, <laughs> what's your favorite line on the movie? Right. We'll get there. Um, we're talking about John Wick, Chapter Four. People, they're David Lean epic. Two hours, forty nine minutes. So good in the theaters. My audience was great, by the way. Not to take away from you guys, my audience was fucking awesome. Quiet the whole time, except when they yeah. laughed. 
or when they potted. The rest of my audience was great. It was just those two fuckers next to me. Two people can ruin a 400, 500 seat theater very quickly. Let's get into it, people. We are going to be talking about the Baby Yoda of the... Oh, sorry. The Baba Yaga. Baba Baba Yaga (laughs) of... (laughs) Jesus. Of this world in which your constant reminder is treat your homeless people better. (laughs) That that might not be a homeless person. That might be Jason Mansukis who knows the sewer systems really well. <laughs> People were talking about John Wick chapter four. I'm gonna read the, a quick IMDb description. I think you get the dri- the gist. Keanu's back, Lawrence Fishburne's back, Lance Reddick is back, RIP. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird, yeah. Ian McShane, yeah, well, we'll talk about that. Ian McShane, Bill Skarsgård returns as the villain. That's in the trailer, I'm not giving anything away. He's very tall, he's very skinny. Very tall, fuck, he's tall. Man, he was like towering <laughs> over Keanu in some of these shots. Bill Skarsgård, that's right. It. Pennywise from It. Clancy Brown plays a harbinger. and Love Clancy um, Brown. We have a new elder. Not sure how, why or how, but, you know, that happens. And, um, oh, wait, who's another standout that I want to shout out? I like Helena Rendo. Scott Adkins in the suit. That was great. Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen. Donnie, Donnie, Donnie Yen, that's it. I skipped it over. Oh, just oozing that's through it. occasional scenes. So fucking awesome Samir Anderson gotta get it up he was a big part of the movie as the tracker all right I'm gonna read you the IMDb wow I'm gonna read you the IMDb description I should also say Chad Stahelski shout out and producing partner David Leach who we uh, talked about Bullet Train David Leach's movie recently last year but Chad Stahelski is back directing his fourth picture writers Shea Hatton Michael Finch Derek Kolstad Let's go. John Wick uncovers a path to defeating the high table. This fucking table, guys. If I don't... I need to see this fucking table. There's going to be a fifth one, and they're going to show me this goddamn table. Otherwise, I'm fucking storming out of there. I got to see this table. I want a mob table, King Arthur at the court. I want it. But before he can earn his freedom, Wick must face off against a new enemy with powerful alliances across the globe and forces that turn old friends into foes man that's a whole heap of nothing um what'd you guys think initial takeaways thoughts feels get at me well they're uh, Dave. that beer they're just saying, hit the, everybody wants to a... know it takes about 25 minutes what a beer just hit so if oh, anybody yeah. wants to know cool. 25 minutes yeah, cool, or so. cool. um yeah there uh there's been so much internet buzz about this it's like you know they're like it's be- it's getting better reviews than john wick one and it's, it's better true. than john wick one um not better than yeah, no sorry. it wasn't I was a little disappointed. Ooh. To be honest, I'm sorry. I'm coming Dave. out swinging. <laughs> Dave. Sorry, go ahead. This was like, don't get me wrong. It was great. And I had a great time. But the fights were just so fucking long. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. and, you, and when you start seeing repeats of fight choreography, it's like, did they just put the earlier scene back in from an earlier, from a different angle and stuff? And it like, it was the, the fights were just too long. They did not need to be that long. I feel like it could have been punchier. I feel like this was a stunt reel gone nuts. And I'm usually 100% behind the studies and they did some great work, but this there was too much. So Dave, mm. more disappointed in John Wick chapter four. This could have been half an hour Shazam shorter. Shazam too. Did, when you saw, when you saw the, the runtime of two hours and 49 minutes, did you think, you know what? Maybe it's just a lot of short fights. Well, yeah. I, I was many, expecting... Do you think it was like 70 minutes of straight fighting probably a lot of talking by john wick i know but i I know there was at least two phone calls made in the scene next to me while they were fighting 
Oh, so you actually you. understand why they took the call. How did <laughs> they hear anything? It was so loud. Right. Well, that was the thing I leaned over and asked my wife. I'm like, how could she hear anything? That, which is the other thing I would kind of want to point out. Like, I would love to see the loudness meter on this fucking film. Because that Dolby mix. Mixed. that that very loud. That Dolby mix was pushed, I'm pretty sure, past the sound mix's recommendations. Because at the beginning, like, my wife had her fingers in her ears. Yeah, that. The opening was too loud. I agree with you. Yeah, it, was so loud. it was just, it was just, it was a lot, and it was very overstimulating. It was. I don't think. I think they took. Can you imagine it in IMAX? It was probably even louder because it's a louder mix than IMAX. Yeah, but I, I just, loud. I feel like, I feel like they took a lot of things off the chain, and this one wasn't as, wasn't as tight for me. All right, all right. I have a feeling you're putting this as your number four. One, two, three, four. In that order. Okay. Yes. In that order. Wow. Okay. I uh, I had I had a good time. I know what you mean. I'm not going to disagree with anything you just said. It was mixed pretty loud. Um, it was shamelessly long. Uh, but I think I, I think they knew what movie they were making the whole time. And I guess I was more forgiving of these ridiculous fight scenes just because that's kind of what I've come to expect. And they when we get more into some like some of the story breakdown we were elizabeth and i were talking afterwards and she asked me if there was anything i would have cut other than just like shortening fight scenes like actual sequences or storytelling beats and stuff and for the most part i thought that they did a really good job of um you know when you dramaturgically you're talking about structure and writing every chance you get you know you want to let your character, your protagonist, get to the top of the stairs and then kick them down 200 sets. Of st- you want to find ways to put them against the wall over and over and over again yeah. and never solve problems for them. And I do think they did a fun job of justifying going around the world with, with this whole assassin's you know, network and making each time he had to solve a new problem almost unsolvable without a giant fight sequence that nearly kills him. And yet having enough satire to realize, of course, we know that would have killed him. Like every single one of these things was they were pushing it more extreme and more extreme and Mm. in a sillier, bigger, more epic way. It's the same thing Fast Fast and Furious did, but like Fast and Furious did it subtly. It's like, there's no way a car could do that, but you can't really tell. There, there are some stunts in this Subtly. where people would have died. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. I okay, think except only... for the car in space. <laughs> that car in space, Dave. And I had two edibles that hit me right, like while we were watching that movie. When that car went to space, I just laughed. I was like, I don't need to listen to this movie to the end. I just I laughed to the end to of the movie. That part, yeah. I guess. But I think my only real criticism is that, as as we were saying earlier, they they pepper this in, and it definitely ends with them giving a very big homage to this without giving super super details away here but the reason i think we all love these movies so much at the beginning is because they were grounded in some kind of uh you know fun tongue-in-cheek reason for vengeance but they played it sincerely as though john was was very upset about the dog and his wife and i don't know if you know it's just gone so big with so many set pieces and fight sequences that it has kind of gone away from the emotional roots of why we were invested in this story again they bring it back at the end so maybe that's enough for you but uh i think i had more fun than you did dave i I did enjoy this one i think i would put it above number three i had fun like I had a blast and some of that stuff was great, but it's just, you know, there comes a point when you're a henchman, when you run into a room and you see such a pile of fucking bodies that you're like, <laughs> fuck this. I'm not getting paid enough to walk in here. I, I have, but no, they just kept coming. Like there was 20 minutes in the price. 20 though, minutes. And yeah. I have, I have questions. 20 about minutes this. in that one glass room. Like we'll, we'll get to this spoiler section. And then I want to ask you a 
couple questions, which I don't want to be like gripey things, but just like questions, like back to our A.O. Scott, you know, the review that we keep talking about, just things to converse about, not necessarily peg the movie for, because I'm just curious to know what you think, but that is definitely one of them. Raising the price $2 million. Okay. Okay. 26 million instead of 24. I guess that means that I will now die for this. Anyway, I love this movie. I really did. I loved it a lot. I still, I will say though, I agree with both of you in the sense that out of all four of the movies and I, I rewatched them all and I've, so I've seen each of them at least twice and most of them I've seen three or four times. This is the movie that I walked out of with the most amount of questions, which is funny because you would think with your three hour epic, they would really tie a bow around a lot of different things and really make it very clear. The first movie is an hour and a half, right? Let's not overstate yeah. it. It's an hour and a half. It's so simple. We all know what it's, happens. The it's dog, almost a perfect it's, film. I mean, it's almost, the almost is curious. I want to circle that and come back, but at the same time, I just want to let it be. And then the second movie's two hours, and then the third's 210, and then this one's 250. And so, and I listened to an interview with Chad Stahelski, but I'm not going to reference it too much other than to say he mentioned that bigger and better isn't always the answer, which is fucking hilarious doing the tour for this movie. Yeah. And <laughs> saying, we know that bigger and better. He's like, what about bazookas? It's like, that's not us. You know what is us? Literally unlivable sequences with no consequences. You know, like those kinds of things they were okay with. But anyway, it's still so fun. The sequences really were brilliant. And as always, perhaps even more so in this movie, these movies are a testament to stunt performers. And what happens when you pay your people appropriately? Because Keanu Reeves very famously does not take his upfront salary. He gets the back end. And even that, I think he reinvests back in. But he basically makes them pay the stunt people, I don't know, double what they would get on a different movie to make sure that they get every single stunt person that they can possibly get. Every single stunt mm. performer at the top of their game will not choose a different movie over a mm. John Wick. And that's a really hard task because you <laughs> need this now almost 60 year old man. Keanu Reeves is almost 60 years old now. You yep. need him to, be to believably kill you, but you can't just look like you're standing there waiting for him to kill you. So it's actually a harder assignment than you would think. Not that even was, just getting thrown downstairs, but I did, but I did like of it. this one. This one looked harder for, for Keanu and they worked it into the choreography. Yeah, mm. he's a survivor. That's what he is. Yeah. If you were to like, say, what is his archetype? It's not got, the assassin. It's the survivor. In this movie. <laughs> yeah, the people. Got, I mean, I don't know how Keanu didn't. He did. I mean, but like. I mean, by the end of that first stunt sequence, I was fucking tired. But I can imagine how he felt. Yeah, exhausting. Mm. Yeah, no, no. I think there there is enough of the realism there that totally delivers for that. I was talking the other day. I won't say some people I know who I was talking to about Shazam and some other movies that were coming say out. Quieter, we were say quieter, say quieter, Shazam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shazam, Shazam. <laughs> and this movie, we were referencing movies that are coming out recently. We just started kind of acknowledging that, that unspoken agreement that audiences have with filmmakers that is all about the give and takes, the quid pro quo, the proportions. If certain parts of your movie aren't as strong, other things need to compensate or everything needs to kind of live in this similar proportional place. So, Dave, I know what you're saying, and I don't just kind of like what Jeff was like, mm. yes, those things are true, but the the delivery and the execution of these things was was so well done that I didn't feel like I was going up and down a lot in terms of my watching experience. Yeah. Where kind of last week with Shazam, like when we were pointing out problems with story structure and stuff and some of the absurdities of, of the magic and inconsistencies, there were so many inconsistencies and not enough compensation that it, it got me in my head a little bit too much. This one, I, I was in my head. Sure. I was in my head for this one later. about those things, but I was able to have 
I was able to have a really, really good time yeah. and just say, you know what? But that's the movie. That as is I, as this I said, movie. Like it I, is I, bread and butter. I prefaced mine with the fact that I was incredibly distracted by the two assholes next to me who true, had no true, respect true, true. whatsoever. Yeah. So that may I have think affected, they made it worse for yeah, you, I think for that sure. may have affected but, it. But so. at the same time, you know, they, they I know I know people went and saw Endgame and, and even going back to like Titanic and other three-hour movies multiple times in the theaters. They they hurt the rewatchability of this by making it so long, you know. So if nothing else, if you're watching all of these, you could watch two of the first movie in the time to watch one of this, and you know that's like I know it's not all about re- this. This is definitely an event movie, and I think they knew that. And people are going to buy the box set. It's it's great. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering because they said, this they said they're taking a rest after this. I'm wondering did they get did they get like the scripts for four and five and jam it together into two movies. Do you know that there's going to be, you know, I mean, we, we, we have he to said, wait till spoilers. He said, it, I mean, they, they said that they're taking a rest after this one. I hope so. Keanu looked broken. How is he doing this? Well, we'll come, because again, he's, he's, he's really close to 60. Don't forget, like, his first film was in 1982, I think, which is 40 years really, ago. So do the math. Yeah. I mean, he's really he's incredible. 60. Um, and the Bill and Ted was 89. So. He's been in the limelight for yeah, like I'm, I'm fifty years, so. and I'm tired just fucking talking about it. So you know, <laughs> you don't look right, fifty, Dave. That's cool. Um, All right, let's move into let's, spoilers. Dude. We love this movie. I think this movie's fun. Go fucking see it in the theater. Who cares about these questions? Yeah. It's going to be fun, yeah, and then you'll really, have questions really later and it. talk about it with your friends. Go see I, the movie. I had a blast. Spoilers. Here come the spoilers. I want to keep it positive, but I also want to get to my questions. But I also don't want to commandeer the epi- with just like the little gripey things, but. Quick question. Oh, let me. I have three quick questions. Okay. Three quick questions. Number one: Why does Lawrence Fishburne know the sewer system of every major city? No, I'm kidding. That's not one of my questions. That's not one of my questions. Um, is it starting to annoy you that they keep talking about the table, but they refuse to show you? And they, they show you like one person at a time, but it's like, can we just see the table? They, they're kind of trying to do like with Bond, where you didn't see the organization. You just saw like one person at a time. And I think that was one of the biggest complaints about the last one. Is yeah. It's like, what is Spectre? We don't care. And then you just killed them in the last movie. They killed all of them. And yep. it was like, okay. <laughs> and they didn't even have a fucking table. They're like, oh, we did. We were going to kill Bond, but we accidentally killed all of Spectre. Done. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that movie was so long, the Spectre. And then in the next one, they just kill everybody. You know, you know, wait, no, you know who killed Spectre? It was that chick that was on the poster for all of the media, but it was only in the movie yeah. for five minutes. Well, look, I love the I love the sequences, but they keep being like, we were, we listen to the table, we listen to the table. Now you don't. You listen to either the person who sits above the table or the person who sits below the table who has more money than the table. This is the marquee I'm talking about, Bill Skarsgård. Or he just speaks for the. When is the table? Why why do they give up all their? Pa- you know what I mean? It's like at some point, just give me John Leguizamo helping him steal a car to kill somebody, as opposed to like take down this organization that I don't even know who they are anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just it. You know, it is just so obviously alluding to something that if they want to do it with the franchise, they can go higher and higher. It's got to be the next one. It's got one is, and done. One more and yeah. done. If you yeah. feel like you're being exploited, yeah, I, I hear you. I okay, hear quick you. question: Why was the seeker there at the end? He was a, he was just an invited guest. Who? Um, the seeker, I feel like um, he Mr. Was Nobody, that was hunting him there. Yeah, because he doesn't have any stakes in the last one, so they basically just said he was like an invited guest, so he was there. His laugh was really a good moment in the movie, but like, I don't know. I feel if he like he to... just sat off to the side. He wasn't even like there. But, but, yeah, but like other guests couldn't. Which just was come a strange place to, to sit, because you're basically behind the jewel. Again, I like his laugh, but like he no longer had any stakes in this. Anyway, that Jeff, doesn't matter. You still have a drink indicator. Oh, sorry. What was the last one that I wanted to ask? Anyway. Speaking of him, I felt like his uh, 
I don't know if they did as good of a job as I wanted them to do to believe that he could actually ever kill John Wick with the way they established him at the beginning and stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it didn't, I didn't feel like he was overwhelmingly, I did not feel like he was as talented as Donnie Yen. You know, I didn't oh, yeah. feel like he was oh, much no. of a, of a, yeah. of a threat that was just, you know, a bomb that hasn't had a fuse lit yet. I felt like he was in pursuit, but not even in, not even in the same echelon as oh, yeah. John Wick and Donnie Yen and uh, Sonata. While, so, while we're on the subject of that, those, those particular scenes, I just want to talk about cinematography for a second. Cause holy shit, dude! Like this, they changed styles constantly. Cause they went like full Shogun movie style with the uh, like the sword fight in the um, Osaka. Is this the first time we saw other people do battle it out without John Wick on the in on the set? I think so. Yeah, this is yeah, the first time they did see, that. See, they're right? setting up. They're setting up for uh, the Continental series because they've already got one spinoff filmed, um, Ballerina, which has Anna de Armas as another assassin in that a different Continental. But so they're setting up a franchise basically now for like Tyler to spin-offs, which might be why that guy was introduced. Um, But the thing I love the most, like in that, in that duel, they had the, like the Shogun style film, like cinematography. And then when they went into the building with the other guy, where it culminates the Seekers like fight and it goes up above and I mean, we just get a, we get a top down and it was so fucking into the void. I was just like, (gasps) Like it, it looks so good. Was that your favorite? Was that se- your favorite cinematography sequence? Was that your favorite sequence? Your big fight sequence? Yeah. The overhead. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's funny because it whenever it we plot that. out like movies, we sometimes for with cinematographers, production designers, directors, we'll do overhead diagrams for where we're going to set up lights or mm. blocking or staging and stuff. And I love that. I wonder, like, in their writers in their design room, if they're like, God. What else can we do? And yeah. they're just like, I'm sure let's they, do it I'm like sure. that. Yeah. Let's just do it. Let's just film it like as an overhead diagram. We've already, we plot everything out like that anyway. Let's just put a camera up there. <laughs> you, know what, you know what choice I loved especially well? And I I have to say, I know Dave, you thought the glass, it was exhausting because you had this huge sequence and yeah. why, why did John Wick just put all these people at risk? <laughs> anyway, but at the Osaka Hotel. But I, I love the color of that because that was the most, I, I just did the rewatch. So having rewatched them, that was the most John Wick sequence with the mirrors and the lights and all yeah, that kind of stuff. Sure. That was so John Wick. It reminded Wick. me a lot the of color the end great. of three yeah yeah so, which was yeah. the one thing i didn't like yeah i understand about but three. then yeah, yeah. but the over the overhead sequence is definitely my number two which is probably gonna age into my number one but what i love the most about it is it's almost almost video game style they mm-hmm. showed you the camera lifting up so it's mm. almost like the audience got to go oh shit here <laughs> it goes and then the audience got to go i bet you they do this in one take because now there's there's no cutaways that we need. We could do the whole thing above the grid. We know it's a closed set. We, they literally like showed us the scenes. They were like, we're going up, scoop, 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 and we're doing a crane shot for the rest of the series. Yeah, have and you it was, seen, I love that they did that. Have you seen Into the Void? I don't believe so. Yeah. I knew okay, your reference. Yeah. John, you have? Yeah, Guess there's a, a, lot, a lot of that cinematography in this, only when you cross over to other rooms, there's usually like gratuitous sex or some weird shit going on. But uh, in this case, it's it was a weird movie. yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> I felt dirty after watching it. Um, John, that's for you. My favorite, my favorite sequence. Oh, thank you. Why did I get? You're this? welcome. Because you said it, it was weird. That's a negative comment. That's you a say compliment coming negative. from him. Okay. <laughs> especially for that movie. My favorite sequence for sure was the club in Berlin 
Oh, fun. Even though the people just didn't leave, despite the fact that bodies were piling up and these people were like, fuck yeah, this is fun. They're probably just overdosing on Molly. so much fun. Uh, The original kill or, you know, throat slice with the card. The fact that it was such a good tropey setup where like the people who are trying to kill him, the seeker and Kane are there with him in a card game. It felt very Bond. Very yeah, Bond very villain. Scott mm-hmm. Edson did a wonderful job. Yeah. It was funny. The scene was good. The scene was funny. Uh, and then John grabs a playing card and slices his neck with it. Like classic, you know, this is, that's the kind of fighting that I'm into. And then it escalated and became gorgeous when they were yeah. in the club room. And when, and mm. seeing Scott Edson, whoever Adkins, his stunt performer Adkins, was, yeah. Adkins, thank you, yeah. in the giant fat suit was so weird and absurd fun watching him fight him was so fun and beautiful and then when he throws him off into that water it just it became overwhelming yeah. i was just so i love i love I the beginning so of that scene as well how, how beautiful it was like, actually like, committed like i'm not just i only get a bag this movie out like i love at the beginning of that scene you had one person two people who were there to kill john wick one of them was going to kill the other guy um this like and the other like the the russian guy what just wanted them all dead and didn't really care and but when the fight started no one took a cheap shot mm-hmm. like it just yeah. oh like john yeah yeah and it like that was that was the, i i like the uh it was very samurai almost like mm-hmm. everyone had an, a code of honor um mm-hmm. and um i i loved to when they did the card game and you want to kill them and you want to kill them, there is an absurdist nature to this. It went into this sort of yeah, bizarre yeah. tone. And so that when you get the five twos, it actually kind of took me, and I played poker before, it took me a second to realize, oh wait, they're playing like one deck poker. Five twos is literally impossible. Like, duh, yep. of course. This whole thing is like, we're playing cards to kill time. <laughs> Guys, we're not deciding our fates on a fucking card game. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the stakes of the world are in our hands here. I, uh, the, the whole thing was just... I love that sequence too. But but to me, and again, this goes back to the stunt performers, the extras, fucking awesome in this. And I know that sounds crazy, but they're dancing, they're in water and such. And it's like, mm-hmm. they, because I'm sitting there looking around and be like, how do they not notice what's going on? They made, they filled the scene out. They made the scene. Whereas, you know, you could argue yeah. that in the mm-hmm. other scenes, it's kill, kill, move, kill, move, kill, move, kill, move. And it can get tiring. But in this case, you're the club member. I'm not in this assassinate assassin organization i'm dancing in the background on molly not noticing that this shit's happening right in the middle of me and i, yeah, I, I thought I'm, it was fascinating i'm sitting there going wow did they film this in an australian bar because nobody <laughs> runs down there either <laughs> it was also the first when he when john gets thrown off that top level it's the first time that you're like he should be dead he yeah. just ends up and starts fighting <laughs> you know like a lot of other people in an even more beautiful setting and i was like god this movie is ridiculous like it was just yeah, such there, a there are at least two of those I he mean, should be dead things <laughs> can you imagine again i mean you really can't you got to put yourself in their shoes when they're designing that and they're like is this too much like he's gonna fall like 30 feet <laughs> i bet you they ask that question back on the way lot. down and then they we're just gonna question. send 10 guys in and he just starts fighting immediately like and you just keep saying no no there's there's it will never be too much as long as he looks like he's in pain let's just keep sending guys right. in and yeah, I, and I also you know what i thought about is i was on the train and and somebody was doing something weird and i was looking at the weird and then they looked towards me and i like looked away awkwardly and i knew as soon as i looked away they they knew i was looking at them even though i was trying you know what i mean he does they do the thing right after the sequence too where john just like doesn't disappear into the crowd it's so obviously him out there whereas like in the the grand the grand central thing with mark de he can like disappear into the crowd so 
as part of me also is thinking is I was like they're not showing their hand. I feel like Keanu is also like I'm tired of running. So like there, there's there's moral of the story is the Berlin sequence works so well because there was more going on, whereas you can argue that with Paris, which is amazing, but it was too simple to to need an hour. You know, where in this case, there's real nuance in the Berlin. And when he, he could have easily escaped with the crowd and, and disappeared, but he stopped and he turned around, he sees the seeker just, and Mr. Nobody. And it's like, I feel like he did all that. Intent. I feel like that was all very I just need to know. He's got an entire force of assassins after him. How the fuck is he getting these places? <laughs> yeah. Another question <laughs> that, you know, they just like, what? It's impossible to yeah. answer. It's like, let's not even especially touch that. When they, especially when they set up at the very beginning that like, he has so few friends and mm. so even fewer friends that he trusts and that friend gets murdered. Yeah. You know? so, Talk to me about I mean, Osaka for a second. I really do think that situation was whole, was gorgeous, but they immediately at the end of it, you have the quote unquote table or representatives asking Bill Skarsgård, was it necessary? And he says the bloodshed's necessary. So I believe that checks the box. But then you also have back at the hotel, like, why did you come here? You know you put everybody in danger. So you have John Wick putting everybody in danger. You have the table not necessarily needing to just murder everybody just because John Wick's there. I feel like they're kind of building their own problems a little heavy-handed in this situation. You know what I mean? Even though I loved the sequence. Do you think that was a little heavy-handed? Because we're not talking about Osaka. That whole thing was incredible. Yeah. The image, the sword fighting. Because this movie is called Gung Fu, right? Whole- Gung Fu is like a, like a trope of this genre. Because it's like kung fu movies, but with guns. And anyway, what do you think? Also, electric guns. I should point out, they were not. Uh, and, using and apparently, a lot of guns. Te- apparently, Teflon that turns bullets into like feathers. But yeah, yeah, that was funny when he started taking the clo- the coat off. I mean, you need clink, some... clink, 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 yeah. and fucking bullets yeah, fall yeah, yeah. out of it. Both of them. Both of them. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, I think I think the Osaka sequence was important because. When you're dealing with an assassin's network like this, like even though you have some homages to to certain kinds of uh, friendships and in loyalties, you still have a character like Ian McShane shooting John, you know, in, in three. And I, I feel like there's a see. I they needed to show it was important to show that people are there is still honor in this world, and I think by Sonata doing that, it was actually a device to help raise the stakes for Donnie Yen's character. So yeah. that Asada could, Sonata could say to him, it doesn't take, you know, you don't have to be blind to see the right mm. path or whatever that their conversation was. It was almost like that whole thing was building to that point so that we could see and have more conflict as audience members projected onto Donnie Yen. Well, so it didn't just seem like he was the hired gun who was claiming he was yeah. a friend. We could actually feel it. And it, it gave way to Berlin. Mm. Every time he would pop up, I would start thinking, there's no way he's going to go through with this, which is why I do think it's very fun the way that they flesh out this entire movie all the way up to the end. Yeah. He doesn't stop. I'll give you that one. And the way that they subvert that with John's choice at the end not to shoot, I thought that was really clever. And it needed to start for me with his showdown in Osaka. Maybe more that, than that John's got a round of a, His line got a round one. of applause in my theater. Which which line did he, he say? shoot arrogant bastard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, ours too. We, yeah, yeah. Everybody but it's, 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 a, it's good. Um, they, we I need d- those moments to remind us that he's not... 
he's maybe not a psychopath because he's rides mm. the psychopath line also, very like, they're, they're reading the room quite well in the like do you, do you feel like this was a bit of a classist statement because like these guys are like the middlemen they're the they're the the grunts it's so and the table is sitting up here doing some outlandish shady shit but these guys are just keeping it real in amongst them despite being told to just kill this fucking guy like they keep they keep a sense of honor so you've got like these guys and then the higher class ones just trying to pit them against each other so they can stay rich and i was like that's a that's a neat little i don't know whether that statement was intentional but it definitely shone through and and this is really obvious but while we might say john's emotional grounding is gone you know months i don't know how long how much time has literally passed probably not too much I think time the first months. three movies were like three days it was a day yeah, so maybe weeks or months have gone by now yeah. um he recovered very Johnny, quickly you from know, those wounds that he got stitched up on early on. Yeah. It was important to me that there was an emotional grounding uh, to each of these other major characters. Um, Donnie Yen was with the daughter being motivated. Mm-hmm. Sonata um, being motivated by his daughter in, in a sense, you know, protecting her at the in their final fight sequence. It was about protecting her to a certain extent. And then obviously we have something at the tail end of this movie that gives us like she's now seeking revenge. Um, we have Ian McShane not protecting, but losing Sharon. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Lance Reddick's character. Yeah. Uh, which of course is, is really sad that he that he actually passed. But those supporting characters being grounded in something emotional almost helped make up for the fact that we've gone so far away from that being what John is talking about all the time. I mean, it still, it still comes up loving husband. You know, he, he says her name, he thinks about her. It's still there, but it's not quite, it's, it's, we've gone a long ways from, from why he started fighting. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. He became a very bad pet owner after that first dog died. His (laughs) second dog has been totally neglected. By no him. name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Still has a name, uh, the dog. Shout out to I was in class the other day and some person that I really oh, don't where were you, know. Where were you in well, class? This, yeah, sure. <laughs> this tiny this film school in Los Angeles. Um <laughs> this guy's this guy went to the I don't know how, but he got to go to the premiere for this in LA and he said it was really emotional. He said it was like very somber. It basically kind of turned into a a memorial event. Yeah. For for uh Lance, Lance Reddick. Reddick. Yeah. So, um, that was, I didn't know his character dies in this. That was kind of weird that to was, watch. Yeah, that made me that feel weird. weird. To watch, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, even, even, even weirder, than, even weirder yeah. than Cocaine Bear with. Uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly. Yeah. No, it was, it was so sincere. Uh, so, so all those things really mattered to me. And it almost sounded, it's so on the page that it, it's very clear that they're like trying to ground all of these people who in a Shogun movie, uh, martial arts standard in a bond movie, these would just be uh mustache twirling archetypal people. Yeah. They would just be characters. They would be foils in fighting to John wick. So I like that they give them some kind of humanity and that it keeps coming up and that they kind of find and allow them to talk about it. I liked the last scene a lot between Donnie Yen and um and Keanu Reeves in the church. Oh, Do yeah. you think she can hear you? No, but I might be wrong. And are you doing this yeah, for your daughter? Yeah, that was a great. You know, I liked that. Yeah, that yeah, was that was great. Me. That was that that lull was definitely needed, and I really appreciated it. And it it, it got me. I was like, this is this is great. It may be it may be one reason why I didn't take to Shamir Anderson in the way I wanted to. 
He had his dog, yeah. which is cool. Fun homage to the first one. I love the moment where John saves the dog. Yeah. Really fun callback. Yeah. But I didn't really understand. Well, that's also him a turning point was. for him. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, that was weird. Was was that supposed to be Halle Berry's character? And they oh, just was she couldn't supposed get to be her? in this movie? I, I don't know. I'm like just thinking it's a guy with a dog, and I'm like, is it was that? Did they just recast that character? Or they, did re- they literally just recast that character from number three? Yeah. yeah. Shabir Anderson majored sure. in Shabir Anderson majored in musical theater in college, so you know. We got a shout out to our uh, <laughs> our musical friends. Like his weird, his reaction yeah. when he saved the when he saved the dog though was great. That that sold for me hundred percent. I really thought they were going to turn him into like an absolute flawless sniper. I thought he was going to oh, be yeah. like a mm. very picky choosy. Like the, uh, the Legolas of you know, guns. Yeah, and like not really, you know, th- what they kind of did with him, but go even further with whether or not he would take contracts, like he kind of plays by his own rules and mm. has his own code. And I thought they were going to kind of do scene. that I with lo- him. I love that idea. That was cool. I, I and John Wick respecting it. I wonder, was this like a backdoor pilot for him? He's going to get one of the other spinoffs. God, I hope not. I mean, maybe I mean, yeah, I mean, for, right. if he gets money, that would be great, but it would be too bad if the movie gets compromised because they have to do these kinds of things. Yeah. I want to give it up. I think Bill Sarsgaard gave the a a plus performance in this movie oh me. yeah i thought you hated he was him. so good i mean i think the accent was consistent enough for me that that was fine but i really just i really believed i believed every moment yeah jeff i don't know if you he apparently yeah no of course he apparently w- was offered a different role or they were they said here read the script we're thinking about you for this role and he said can i be the marquee i, I forget which role that i don't even I don't want to guess because I, I would be wrong. Maybe mm. it was the seeker. Maybe they thought that that role. And he was like, I want to be the marquee. Give me a fucking accent. I want to do it this way. Yeah, it, he was he was good because he had to carry the weight of the fact that the whole table was on his shoulders, even though he's not a member of the table. And that's great. And I also love that he is conniving and you know manipulative and obviously full of shit. And so then, much confidence. Mm. Other, otherworldly. But also, you really had that quality. But there's there's always funny quotes of like everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face, or like yeah, everybody's (laughs) everybody's confident until a gun's pointed at their face, and that was him because he got skittish as soon as you know. Yeah, as soon as as he didn't have total control of the situation. Yeah, I was also really, really, really happy with Clancy Brown's performance as the Harbinger. Clancy Brown is one of my favorites of all time. He's he's just amazing and everything. I mean, he's the Kurgan. So Kurgan, he makes he always makes me think of um, Pet Cemetery. Okay, because he, he, he'll always be the Kurgan from Highlander for me. Wow, <laughs> yeah, he's always Shawshank Redemption for um, me. That's okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. What'd you say? You, I'll kick you. I'll throw you off this fucking roof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that seems so good. Um, uh, my other A plus, A plus handout award because like every scene I was just like God that's gorgeous the production design yeah and location scout it was just like wherever they shot was just or whatever they were supposed to be where they were shooting and the design of each that room set of stairs. it was oh my absolutely God. breathtaking it was kind of like just, yeah it was kind of like how I felt about Bardo in in a in a more like big picture like a big action movie kind of kind of thing mm. like every single scene was fucking gorgeous to look at. Yeah. And they got to go all over the world. They shot in like seven countries. I just I thought that was so fucking fun going with them to all these amazing places that you know of. And then introducing whether or not they were too long, introducing innovative ways to have people fight in them using yeah. that environment. I thought that was really great. Yeah. The arch in France, that was fun, dude, with all the cars. Yeah. Everybody the, getting the, hit the tur- by that, cars. that turnaround yeah. or the whatever you call that. Yeah. 
and that yeah, was that really was 100 cool. real too dude because like you know Not the dog that, the dog was no no but like the like I'm, none of the cars i'm just talking cars? about people questioned okay, about the sorry. fact that no one stopped and no one freaked out it's like you have underestimated how much parisians want to get home on a fucking friday i wouldn't stop unless i yeah. was sure because i do unless I've, i was 100 percent sure that, that i need to stop i would try to leave <laughs> i would be like i'm just i'm, I'm minding my own business <laughs> Yeah. No, my first, really my first liked... time in Paris, I got off the train at, at Friday on Friday afternoon, not realizing what time it was, and I tried to get on the metro, and holy shit, man, the, the buzzer went off for the doors to close, and everyone just surged forward. They're screaming avance behind me, which I now know means get the fuck out of the way, you stupid Australian. Uh, my <laughs> wife went down in front of me and apparently grabbed some girl's boob on the train. It happens. But yeah, it's like they when they want to go home, they want to go home. <laughs> They got to get started. They don't want to lose that retirement. Yeah. It's going to now. My family's going there soon and there's going to be trash everywhere and uh, old people are going to be angry. So what a time to go to Paris. Well, talking about story, Jeff, you mentioned it earlier. Like, I think the most obvious thing that could have been removed is from the meeting where they make the rules for the duel to the following morning. That could have all been done in scenes like the church Donnie Yen, some reflection moments, a couple conversations between maybe him and Ian McShane yeah. or Lawrence Fishburne, and then we're there. And it's, you know, it maybe did, it did it, seem weird to suddenly introduce the uh, the Warriors DJ. Yeah, let's see if he yeah. can make it overnight. Well, really, and we that's, have the um, Warriors. It's, it's uh, the Warriors, the, but, but do, um, with the, with the shooting, the, the shot of um, do the right thing, do the right thing. Yeah, yeah. But I wonder if that actually came from like, it's, it's two things. It's the narrative where they're basically like walking you through the plot. Hey, everybody, this is what's happening next. They have one hour. And it's like, I know I've been watching this movie for two hours and 25 minutes. Yeah. But it's the other thing it is, is it's the color. That, that's the only time we got those blues and reds and greens that we mm. had. Because I feel like Paris didn't have that as much as Osaka. Dude, I, I must admit the first, when I first saw the shot of that steps, those steps, I was like, all right, it's on. And my second thought was, thank fuck I'm not a grip on this film. <laughs> and mm. not even kidding, today a clip came out on the internet of everyone loading in on those steps and fucking Keanu is carrying cases up with the grips. I mean... Must have been hard. Dave, do you think that was... Do you think when he gets knocked down the stairs, that was a, on a wire, the camera? Or do you think that was like the longest crane arm of all time? Um, <laughs> when they I, really just go down truck. Was your audience right laughing? By the way, my audience was laughing. I mean, they they might have put a um, they might have put dolly tracks and had a, like a break on the dolly. Because um, I've I've, I've ridden was... I've ridden on dolly tracks that long on a motorized dolly. Really fun. Everybody yeah. laughed really hard at that. Um, yeah, let's talk about some of your favorite. You talked about going up. Uh, the the vertical overhead uh, sequence was really cool. Mm. I. I really, I really loved. Um, it's a simple shot, but I don't know if it's in the Louvre. I've never been to Paris, but that amazing trucking shot uh, with Ian McShane when he's walking into the museum. Oh yeah, and it's so long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it just the paintings get bigger and yeah, bigger and bigger. Love, yeah, and you're yeah. like, where are we? And you know, you and they set up a couch in, in front of the one picture. <laughs> that was fucking great, dude. Ian McShane was solid gold as usual. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's not even talking. Uh, yeah, the, he's just held the frame the whole way in. This, that, no Paris one can swagger though. like that man. <laughs> did it? Did it frustrate you that it's not that they broke their own rule, but we have seen that pool of secretarial females covered in tattoos putting out the you know the hits and mm -hmm. the money. We've never seen them do this. 
did that frustrate you that they were updating and telling you where he was and stuff? I feel like they, I feel like that was, this is the first movie where they really showed them doing that. Yeah. They were like rooting for the person to die. Yeah, that's never happened before. It was. It used to be colder, and it was like another world. It yeah. didn't feel like they were very in, matter of fact in communication with it. Yeah. So I don't. It was fun, you know, going around Paris. I just some of my favorite things. This is not really a criticism, but some of the things that I did love so much about Number One and Number Two was that you almost felt like you had a real time camera, and you kind of just stayed with John as he kind of moved mm. through his world. Whereas this one felt very, you know, cutting back and forth a third ver- yeah. voice, you know, kind of commenting yeah, I mean, on what was happening. And- John Wick is missing for like the first 20 minutes after he, that first initial scene. Like you don't see him again for like almost 20 minutes of film. From the what? Osaka sequence to... No, from Zaratama? leading up to where he appears at Osaka. Like there's, he's not in the movie for like a fair oh, portion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's in the opening. He's like, I want my ring. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we know you want your ring. Yeah, in the fucking desert. <laughs> it's so funny. He goes back there. He goes back to the desert. I really liked uh, one of my one of my favorite kills. I don't know anything about guns, but when they give him that crazy nine millimeter, uh, when Lawrence Fishburne gives it to him, and he says, "And this puppy has teeth." When D- John dismantles it and like stabs the guys on the stairs yeah. with pieces of the gun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was fucking cool, man. I think yeah. that was one of my favorite that kills. Was creative. My other favorite kill was when uh, she, Sonata's daughter, Rina Soyama, Akira, when she's killing that giant guy and he's climbing the steps, that big fat dude. That was really fun. I thought that yeah. was a great kill and as he well. He just keeps yelling. He just, ah! He just keeps <laughs> yelling the whole time. All right. How about, how about uh, do you have any favorite kills? And did you think that John Wick would have lived off living uh, jumping out of that building and landing on the street no <laughs> I, I mean in I, three or in the different I, one no the the one where he jumps no, out the window it. and lands on the car i i kind of base <laughs> my assumption on that on how fucked up i would have been after that impact impact and then be dead dude. yeah you well like, dead. I, I divide i divide that by two because it's john wick but like <laughs> still oh, that's divide you think a lot of your stuff you by divide two. by two she says do you have any favorite kills? Were there any standout fun moments? Any any big boss murders? It's harder for this because there were like more. Scott Atkins when he his fall and break the neck oh, yeah, on the that stairs. Was, that, that was, was one really of my favorites. And how John like body checked him, like his <laughs> his final like hit on him was really great. Mm. Jeff, did you have any any standouts? I, lo- like, I mean, oh, did you, did your audience react really strong to anything? To oh, there was there was one I remember saying I remember saying Jesus fucking Christ and the person next to me like saying the yeah first I know time like having to on relate the Paris to me. streets to the first time on the Paris streets when he gets hit by the car yeah. and oh, yeah. he throws him into that bus <laughs> and they introduce like that's the first time and then they just everybody gets hit by cars after that but that first one was fucking brutal motherfuckers had some stamina I'll tell him that. I mean I oh, I love so I love a lot of the slashing ones with the swords in. Like basically that, the glass sequence, but anything the, in Osaka, the second, all of the it. second climb of the steps with uh, with Donnie Yen there as well. That was cool. That was yeah. fucking cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. There was that definitely was... When, that, when that guy. I forget who that guy was. The guy that just wouldn't leave us alone the wouldn't whole movie. Die. He was just he was yeah, the, would not die. This, dude, Why won't this, you die? He was this movie's Jaws. <laughs> he was this movie's Jaws. <laughs> <He was. laughs> um, or who is it in 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 Austin Powers? Why won't you die? Who is it? It's um. Oh, uh, that's um. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. 
Is it just Goldmember? No, it's not. It's, no, it's um, not it's, Goldmember. No, no, it's, it's the, the woman it's in the woman. Time to Die Powers. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. woman that tries to kill him. The foe will kill us both, Powers. <laughs> Why won't you die? That was in our franchise phase. Uh, that did well. We'll see how the fourth one goes. Um, <laughs> for the state... <laughs> For the, oh, for the sake of the stunties, there were a couple of the fire ones with, with the bullets that like torch the people. There were a mm. couple of those where they were on fire on camera for yep. way longer than I'm used to seeing. <laughs> so I don't know if they immediately like, I, I, I imagine every second of that audio was 80 yard because they probably were immediately getting the fire extinguishers. And as soon as they went off camera were oh yeah very loudly crazy, for every dude. single one of those because there were guys like ah probably like running into the arms of people with fire extinguishers there were so many of those <laughs> probably a bunch of those a couple uh, a there lot of the only... stairs ones a lot of the stairs ones where they died and then fell down the stairs and stuff yeah oh man getting thrown down the stairs there's some fun behind uh, bts you know mm. footage of the the stunnies like working and just that, getting and to see people and doing things like that there. and just standing up and getting back to yep Getting back to one and, and doing it again. Like, you okay? You bleeding? Nah, you're not bleeding. Back <laughs> I, think in I, the, only uh... saw, I think there was only really one out of thousands of, you know, fight moves filmed openly. Hard to hide these, hard to hide these stunts and stuff, folks. I think there was only like one moment in the Osaka, and it was in the Osaka sequence where I really did notice, maybe they should have shot that one one more time, where I did see like a stunt person, like just doing some bullshit and actively like waiting for John to turn around so mm. that they could I saw one like, or two as well. So, somebody was, who like, like for the most part they were really great. Somebody who like had a gun but John needed to shoot them first. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, "Hey, what's going on over there?" Ah, oh, like there were a couple uh, of those and these are these are these are apparently trained assassins who have a very high quote. Damn, yeah. Yeah. Damn my in a monologue and curiosity. Like what you said. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, I like what you said because it's more and more true as this goes on, even from the first one, because Keanu was no spring chicken in the first one either. Mm. Like, the whole premise of the first one is that he was out of the game. Yeah. For seven years. So I like what you said. It is just getting more and more obvious, too, in a good way. He is just the survivor. He, he is, it's like yeah. he was the Baba Yaga. He was the scariest. Now he's just unkillable. Mm. Yeah. You know, and now he's just, it's just, it, he will kill you eventually just because he's going to outlive you. It's, you know so we're I in mean, so we're in spoilers uh you think he's still alive huh of course yeah do you think yeah. he's i think yeah i think he's still alive yeah. i think it's the ultimate hiding right it's the ultimate foil well, he's, because he has his freedom now because he death freedom you would think like he, they, yeah those who cling to life but he had promised to kill them all i i actually I, I think i'm going to kill all of them that was my favorite line <laughs> and then when he, nah, but I'm, I'm going to kill them all um, <laughs> he had a bunch of good Keanu deliveries even, in this movie. Honestly, just like his, like, yeah, like those kinds of lines, yeah. like just got huge others. But no, it's a fuck off is, is the is the line that like my my audience laughed at the <laughs> Absolutely. most. Absolutely. Yeah. Remember your daughter. Fuck, fuck off. off. It was it was <laughs> the overlap was like he knew as soon as he opened his mouth, he was like, fuck whatever he says, fuck off. Like it's so good. Everybody, everybody really laughed. Remember your daughter after he just helped John Wick yeah. get up the stairs. John Wick's dead without him. All right. Yeah, the stab. Is that why he did that? Why did he stab John's hand? Because he said you, you, owe know? Me, you owe me a debt. Um, because it was his right hand too, his... right? Wasn't his shooting hand? Yeah, it was yeah. his shooting hand. That's he, he, was still able, he, was he was still able. He was still able to shoot. Um, I think he was just even in the odds. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was. 
either evening the odds or he just said like you owe me a debt you know and i feel like that they're they don't have they they have rules i think the most important thing that we're saying here at the we're well over an hour now yep the rules matter and so when you get into four movies you have to start breaking the rules which they broke at the end of the second movie with the shooting in the continental and then in the third movie they deconsecrated the continental so they totally just shattered the rules and then in the fourth movie they just deconsecrate so there's just the rules <laughs> whatever the rules yeah. are, are are really starting to go it's like the adjudicator didn't help so now there's a harbinger and now there's the old ways but the, you know there's all these different rules so i feel like there's a general understanding that supersedes the rule books, which is like, you do something for me, I do something for you, and you almost don't question it. So why does stabbing the hand account for helping me up the stairs? I don't know, but I if, if that's even, or just call sure. it a day. Yeah, that counts. Yeah. And last thing I'll say, Jeff, I thought of you when Ian McShane said, just have fun out there. Yes, <laughs> I thought that too. With the actors. I was like, you fucking stunnies better have some goddamn fun. <laughs> just have fun out there that's all so right funny. let's all wrap right. this up dave's ready to go well it's usually it's usually jeff all right people that sound means sure. it is officially time it. for it. us to wrap this up and get into our final segment of the show what you've been watching where we give you our recommendations of the week and tell you what we've been watching I watched three John Wick, so let's see if I had time for anything else. Dave, what you been watching? Yeah, honestly. I'm still progressing through uh, through Marvel. I did uh, Thor, Captain America, uh, and some of the shorts that fit in between them um, this week. Oh. And, cool. dude, that first Thor movie still holds up, and the first Captain America movie is just fucking brilliant. Love it. Um, nice, dude. I, haven't, I, I watched John Wick 2. And then I watched, uh, in class, we watched some of Wanda Vision, believe it or not, because it's a class nice. on memory and cinema and trauma mm-hmm. and the body. And that episode where Catherine Hahn kind of walks her back mm-hmm. through her life to try to figure out when she started doing this massive hex. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's all I watched. I still wish Wanda busy, just, busy. I just, I wish Wanda did it. I just wish it was all Wanda. That's just me. I'm the only one. Anyway, um. Three John Wicks. Did I watch anything else? I finally finished Kunk on Earth, which is great. Um, I'm still behind on Succession, so don't people just leave me alone, all right? Just leave me alone. I'm going to catch up. I'm using John's account, and he was doing the rewatch. I don't want to fuck with his numbers. I know I could set up another profile, but I'm trying to be incognito here. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> coming to get you. They're coming to get John, you. I'm gonna, are, are, John, are you going to watch tonight? Are you going to watch the new Succession? Uh, Is anybody watching Picard season tonight. three? What was that, Dave? Is anyone watching no, Picard season three? Because dude, it's... that is next gen as fuck. It is so good. This the third yes. season in particular, really good. Guys, you know what? I lied to you. I watched both National Treasure movies. What? Uh, yes. <laughs> I forget. You just watched five hours. Actually, I, I, for, I, forgot. I, I forgot. I rewatched a three-hour movie as well. They're so good too. I rewatched uh, No Time to Die, which is why I referenced it before, and I don't know why. I I, I rewatch I rewatched um, Quantum of Solace, and we started Skyfall, which I'd already rewatched before No Time to Die recently. So I rewatched. I didn't mean to. I just turned it on, expecting to watch like thirty minutes of it, and I realized I didn't have to get up the next morning, so I kept going. <laughs> it's cool. pretty good, but they need to restart. I can't wait for the restart. After watching John Wick right, and then folks. seeing Bond, I was like, John Wick might be better than Bond at some of this stuff. And that's too Ooh. bad to say, you know? Yeah, I know, I know. But we'll see. No, yeah, yeah. You'll, um, you'll get emails. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, you guys are the best. Um, thank you, film fans. We'll see you next time. 
Dungeon is it Dungeon? I'm pretty sure it's Dungeons and Dragons. We're gonna jump off the roof if we. Honestly, the initial reviews are really positive. I've heard, which is good. It can't be worse than the last one. There's another. Yeah, it's way back though. It's like early 2000s. Well, we'll talk about this off camera. See you guys. Can't drink anymore.